Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. Drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzie Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on BatteryPower.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. You can follow me over on Twitter at Leprechaun with a K, where I tweet about the minor and major leagues for the Braves, as well as kind of my random thoughts on the world. Joining me as often, and basically always, uh, you can follow him over on Twitter at BravesMILB, my longtime colleague and good buddy over on Battery Power. You can follow him, again, to get all your minor league updates that you could ever want. Garrett Spain. Garrett, what's going on, man? Hey, nothing much. I'm doing all good. What's up with you? Uh, doing well. It sounds like you're feeling a little bit better from being under the weather the last couple weeks or so. So glad to have you kind of back on the mend. Uh, hopefully, you know, we don't cause you to, you know, basically you're, have your lungs shut down on you uh, as we're kind of talking through the minor leagues. And fortunately, that shouldn't be the case this week because we just genuinely don't have a lot to talk about with Mississippi ending last weekend and then. Well, not this pat this the, the, the most recent weekend, but the the weekend before. The only team that was playing in the minor leagues was were the Gwinnett Stripers. The minor league season's winding down, folks, and we're the, with that we're going to start kind of be going to a, a less regular version of Road to Atlanta going forward. My guess, and we haven't like find it these aren't these aren't like finalized plans, but our guess is kind of doing a show every two weeks. Uh, I'm sure we'll be kind of doing more deep dives into like positional reviews, talking a little bit. We'll certainly be talking about a bit about the AFL uh, over the cost of the off season. When there's moves, we'll talk about if there's trades, we'll talk about guys that we could see potentially, you know, what what the returns are and, you know, if got the Braves give up trade in trades and things like that. But we don't we're not I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves there. The short version is that, you know, starting really soon, we're going to be kind of getting to a more irregular format for the show. Um, and that may start when the playoffs start. We'll kind of have to wait and see as to kind of how, you know, how deep of a run the Braves make and you know, how often I'm having to do those kind of nightly podcasts over there. We'll just kind of, again, we'll play this by ear, but, you know, this might be kind of the, the beginning of the kind of transitioning to the minor league off season for us because, again, all the, all the affiliates are done, and Gwinnett plays two games this week. I think it just went to Tuesday and Wednesday, if that sounds right. Um, and then from there, the season's over. Is that right, Garrett? My, my, just losing my mind there? Yeah, Gwinnett's playing tonight, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, they're playing tonight as well. That's right. That's right. Um, 
so we'll kind of we'll kind of figure out exactly what we're going to uh, be doing going forward. We'll let you folks know either on Twitter or maybe on the next shows, kind of what the general schedule is going to be. So with all that said, we do have actually some uh, some promotion type news, Garrett. Uh, and with two names that we've become pretty familiar with over the course of the last few years, uh, in particular one name who's been around for quite a while, the Braves did make two moves uh, that involve our minor league crew. First, we have Bryce Elder currently starting against the Washington Nationals and pitching quite well at the moment uh, through four scoreless innings at the moment. Um, the Braves certainly seem to be targeting him as a, a guy they like throwing against bad teams. Uh, and then we also have, in other news, Kyle Muller is going to be uh, starting tomorrow night's game against the Nationals. This is kind of a, a way for the Braves to kind of continue to get the guys lined up the way they want to on rest to, you know, line up things for the Met, the Mets series the way they want to, the best, best they can are able anyway, uh, with Spencer Strider being out with injury until the postseason. Overall, kind of what are your initial impressions on, you know, these moves for the Braves for with Elder and Muller, and how do you think they're going to end up doing? Yeah, with Muller, it's, Kind of good to see him get another shot. He's been really ever since he had broke his hand, he's been a little more inconsistent than he was early in the season. But overall, if you look at his body of work this year, he's been fantastic from opening day. And he deserves of that group of guys down there. He deserves to be the guy that gets called up and gets a chance to start. Um, I'm a little I'm curious to see how deep he'll pitch into a game and all of that because he has been struggling with going deep into games, but he's had a great season and he definitely deserves another opportunity. And we'll kind of see what they do with him in the offseason, whether he's there in their long term plans, if he's going to be get a chance to have spring training next year. His situation is very, very weird because he seems to be past the point where AAA development is going to help him elder. Elder's interesting because he's, you know, basically all of his starts have happened against the Nationals, and he's done very well against them, which is, uh, frankly, not that hard for a pro pitcher to do because they, it's not a very good team. But he's done very well in his limited starts against them. Um, you know, I think he was not a guy that – he was a guy that I think we thought was going to do better at AAA this year than he did, and he seemed to be adjusting his arsenal a bit and – but lately, last few weeks at the minor league level, he's been a lot crisper with his command, and it seems like he's really getting a feel for the mix of his pitches and how he's going to attack uh, offenses, and he's done very well for himself in his starts in Atlanta. Yeah, it is kind of funny. The, the Braves, pretty clearly, what they like to do with Elder specifically is – if they're trying to find spot starts or, you know, give guys extra days rest or trying to cover starts that they really try to cover starts with the Marlins and the nationals matchups with Bryce elder. And I, I, again, I've, I've spoken about this on other podcasts. I've spoken on it about on the radio too. It's that, you know, the one thing that we've noticed with elder this year, and it's not really in his MO if you kind of think about it going back to last year is like the, the book on him, you know, even going into last year was that he was a ground ball pitcher. He wasn't necessarily the guy that's going to give up a bunch of home runs, but this year is been a bit of a problem. Is that you know, but when he was in the big leagues, to begin this, you know, at the early parts of the season, and you know, even for a good chunk of the minor league season, is that he had a problem keeping the ball in the yard. And it seems like that's been a kind of a, a focus of his is when he's been down there in Gwinnett. But when you have a guy that you think can maybe miss a few bats, but more importantly, if you put him against a generally speaking, not 
<laughs> not a particularly potent offense. Um, you know, the Nationals, sure, they have like Joey Menensis as a potential problem. And, you know, the Marlins, they have a couple guys who can run into one here and there. But they're not like the, the teams that you're really worried about, you know, teeing off on a guy who maybe leaves pitches a little bit too fat on the plate sometimes. And so the Braves have been judiciously like targeting like, hey, this is a matchup that we think that, you know, Bryce can perform well in right now. And we feel confident in running him out there. And that's worked out pretty much every time they've done that. Uh, and again, it's been the Marlins and Nationals mostly. You know, he, they're not offenses that are going to scare you on most nights anyway. And you have then you, you put him in there and you can get some quality innings out of him while, you know, whether it be covering injuries or just, you know, getting guys extra rest and things like that. And that's what the that's what Elder's doing tonight. Again, he's through four scoreless. He's not missing bats. He's only struck out one one guy tonight, but I think that I think that there's a major league pitcher there. And I think that there's, you know, if he just tweaks a couple things, maybe he can start getting more swings and misses on that slider. And more importantly, just not hang pitches, especially that kind of that second time, third time through the order uh, type of thing. Just don't make too many tragic mistakes that get hit really hard that he could end up being somebody. Mueller's an interesting case, and you're right that he hasn't looked particularly, um, I guess the command hasn't really been great uh, since he, you know, broke his hand. That's to be expected. You deal with some sort of injury stuff, kind of screws up your routine, screws up your timing. And, you know, I'm sure it's not like completely, you know, I'm sure there's a certain amount of stiffness and he's not completely and fully recovered from there. And that kind of can change things a little bit for any guy, even if it's his non-throwing hand. But overall, I, I think that, you know, Muller's kind of fashioned himself into a guy that if he can just, if he can just command, just keep his command reasonable, he's going to be a guy that missed bats. And from a, a lefty of his size at, you know, with that kind of stuff from the left side, he's, he could be really, really good for the Braves. And hopefully he can, you know, continue to kind of prove some of his doubters wrong. There's certainly some folks that, you know, just have seen him make, you know, one or two bad starts in the major leagues and have written him off already, which is kind of blows my mind in a lot of ways. You, you hope that he can continue to kind of progress, but you know, since the, since the injury to his hand, he hasn't looked particularly great. That's pretty much all we have on the major league level. Honestly, we haven't even, obviously Michael Harris is still great. He's probably going to win rookie of the year, especially now that Spencer Strider had to miss the last couple starts with the, being out with an injury. You know, that was a two horse race. And my hunch is that, you know, if he keeps playing well, that he's going to solidify that award now. Um, and obviously Von Grissom has continued to play well, but that's pretty much all we have for the big league guys as the rest of those guys have, you know, long since graduated and, you know, they're, they're not really our guys anymore, unfortunately, which kind of leads us to talk a little about, about the system. And we only have Gwinnett to talk about this week. And we're going to talk about, about some guys, particularly some promotions that we saw. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
All right, Garrett, it is time to talk about the Gwinnett Stripers. We saw two players of note uh, make their uh, make their way to AAA to kind of end the season. And Justin Henry Malloy and Dylan Dodd both played well. Uh, but I'll let you kind of handle those as well as kind of any other guys you want to highlight from Gwinnett before I kind of start rambling a little bit. Yep, Malloy came up from AAA and in his first game hit a very long home run. I'm that's very impressive start to your uh, AAA career is hitting a home run. And really outside of that, he hasn't had a ton of hard hit balls overall. But he's putting up very, very good at bats, and he really has all season. That's who he is. He's works the count. He knows his own well. He takes as many pitches as anybody in the minor leagues. He sees a ton of pitches out there. Uh, he drew four, five walks this past week, more walks than strikeouts so far, and that's he's impressed us all year with his hitting ability. I think we had that was getting up to Double A and seeing how his hit his hit tool played was very important and. His strikeout rates at Double A were over 25%, barely over 25%, which isn't great, and it is a number that I think, on its own, would maybe turn your head a little bit, and you're, you know, concerned about that as a red flag. But it's the way he's not a guy that swings and misses a ton. He has above-average contact rates. He doesn't chase the ball very much. What he's he just gets into a ton of deep counts because he's so patient at the play. He gets into a ton of deep counts, and so he tends to strike out quite a bit because he's in two strike counts very often, but it's not a case of him swinging and missing a ton. And so I think he's a guy that you won't necessarily, he won't necessarily get to the major league level. And then all of a sudden his hit tools exposed and the strikeouts tick up. I think he's a guy that's going to be able to fairly consistently maintain that same level of performance. And he's done that so far. I, he has not looked particularly good in left field. And this is a guy that's never played the outfield in his life. And that's a, that's a hard thing to learn, but he, he hasn't looked great out there. He had a really bad misplay on Sunday, but overall the way he's hitting, it seems like, I think, I mean, I, I believe he'll be in triple A next year. I don't think that there's very much of a chance that he makes the opening day roster, but he's a guy that come the second half of next year into 2024, they may have to kind of just find him a place in the lineup find him a place on the field because he's really hitting extremely well. Uh, Pitching-wise, Dylan Dodd made his first start at AAA and looked really good. He was the victim of that misplay by Malloy, which cost him at least one run, maybe two runs. It didn't go down as an error, but it it was a play that most left fielders are going to make. He had a great first inning, struck out three guys. He didn't strike out a ton of guys towards the end of the game, but it's not. I mean, seven strikeouts, went six and two-thirds innings. He looked great. His his fastball command has definitely taken a step forward throughout the year. He, towards the beginning of the year, sequencing, things like that were off for him. But right now, his, sliders, his slider has gotten a little bit deeper in terms of its moves more vertically. And because of that, it's a better pitch given the plane of his fastball. And so he's getting more swings and misses on that slider. And that's been a huge change for him. Whereas early in the year, he really, he was very heavy fastball changeup. And his changeup was really the only pitch that was getting swings and misses. Right now, he's able to miss bats with all three of his pitches. And that's an impressive thing. I do think the fastball changeup is the the cornerstone of his arsenal. That's by far his best pitches. But 
this is a guy that, you know, Mueller's clearly the best lefty in the system right now, but there's a real conversation to be had between Dodd and Jared Schuster, which we'll talk about in a bit, as to which of those is the better prospect. Because I don't, you know, you look at, you know, Schuster's had a great season, and I don't want to discount what he's done this season, but in terms of pure stuff, Dodd's extremely good. And his changeup is not as good as Schuster's, but I think his slider's a little bit better than Schuster's, and his fastball is certainly better than Schuster's. He doesn't tend to struggle with, home runs very much, even though he does give up a lot of fly balls. He's just had a very impressive season. He's legitimately one of the top prospects in the system and a guy that's fairly close to being major league ready and a guy that stuff-wise could play out of the bullpen if if they need a guy to call up as a lefty or for whatever reason, that's a guy that can play out of the bullpen because he has a fastball that he can get in the mid-90s with high spin rates. He can throw that slider. He can throw that changeup. It's a really impressive arsenal and a guy that's – there was a reason that a lot of teams wanted him last year, and he's really proved all of that right. You know, the rest of the team is kind of guys that we've talked about a lot. Schuster had his best start by a wide margin at AAA. He, had not, he hadn't had really any swing and miss – big swing and miss games. He, his most strikeouts he had in a game was four in his first eight starts, and he went out there and struck out ten guys in his last start. It was a really – impressive yeah he was pretty dominant yeah um he gave up the home run which has been his issue but his command was just you know i think as the year has gone on he's gotten a little tired and the command isn't quite as crisp as it was early in the year but he had one of those days where it was working for him and we've talked about it before when he can get ahead of guys his changeup is so good that once he can get ahead of you it's there's a lot that he can do that's very hard to hit. It's an incredibly impressive pitch, and as long as he's locating everything, he's fantastic. And like, it's just a, it's a very thin line he walks with his fastball velocity and his fastball spin not being there. He walks a very thin line where if his command's even a little bit off, he can get hit hard. But when his command is on and he can get to those secondary pitches, he's very good. Freddie Tarnock had a good had a good outing out there, one one run over five innings. He's really struggled. He hasn't been able to pitch very deep into games. And now he also they had so many guys that he kind of got moved to the bullpen and he had a few three inning outings where it was just they had to they have so many arms there because at the time Mueller was there, Elder was there. They had to get guys outings. And so he wasn't pitching. Soroka was there, who Soroka has um been shut down for the year. And so he was a guy that kind of just lost innings because of that. But he had a good outing last week, struck out six guys over the five innings. And he's been a lot better than I expected him to be a AAA. I really thought that his command would become a problem. And the last month or so, his command has not been that sharp. And so he hasn't been quite as good as he was to start with. But really, no one has hit him very hard. And he's another guy with three pitches that can play in the zone and get a lot of swings and misses. The other guy to mention is Victor Vodnik, who had a really great, got a save with three strikeouts in the ninth inning of, on Friday. And really, he had one bad game right when he came back off of injury. But other than that, he's been completely lights out since coming back from that injury. Uh, Stuff-wise, he is undeniably one of the more talented pitchers in the system. A guy that could project into the bullpen at the major level right now. When his command is working, he is almost impossible to hit. And his command has been a ton better since he came back from injury. I think the issue with him is we just have not seen him stay healthy. And 
even now as a reliever, he's struggling with injuries, and that's a big concern. But if we're talking pure stuff, if he can stay healthy, this is a guy that should be in the bullpen in Atlanta next year and could be a real asset for the team. Yeah, absolutely. I know you've been a big Vodnik proponent, and I have two out of the bullpen. I, I think that you and I both agree that the, the Victor Vodnik as a starter experiment went on too long. And as a result, I think that kind of I think that might have precipitated some of the injury issues that he had. He's just not he doesn't have the body for it. He just doesn't. You know, he doesn't have the ability to, you know, let, work under that kind of innings workload. But, you know, that's a high like high 90s, you know, touching triple digits sort of fastball. I, I think the stuff is good enough right now. I'm right there with you that they could play out of the major league bullpen. I'm, I was a little bit surprised that we haven't seen him yet. Now, to be in fairness, this is a guy that you know was dealing with injury and things like that, and so they kind of may, probably wanted to settle in. There were certainly some times where I thought that maybe he could have gotten the call up, but he was just coming back from injury, probably some ill-timed you know sort of things where he ended up not being you know kind of in the cards for him. But you know, as a as a if you need like a flame throwing righty to kind of you know keep teams off balance, if that kind of works. Over the course, over the course of maybe the postseason, if you want to kind of take a chance on a guy, he's certainly an option. Um, the two guys that got called up in, in Justin Henry Malloy and Dylan Dodd were really interesting to me because again, these super cup of coffee late in, late season call ups to AAA, these are the guys that the team wants to keep fresh, get another look at, uh, especially in the case of the Braves where they're really close to home, where they can get some you know the the big league guys to take a look at them and see if they could be potentially useful for a postseason run. It's entirely possible. Now, obviously there's things like, you know, you know, injuries that have to kind of happen since they, you know, in the case of both these guys, there's, you know, you, you have to have a good reason to put them on since you did, they weren't on the roster, but I know for certain that both these guys are being kept for fresh for a reason. Now, in the case of both of them, it might just be, Hey, we want to make sure that we have all of our bases covered. Do we, if we lose a starter, if we lose a reliever, we have Dodd, we have, obviously we, they already have Elder and Muller who I think are probably more than likely for a rotation spot if it comes up. But in the case of maybe a reliever or you really need a lefty, uh, you have a guy like Dylan Dodd, who's really, really tough, particularly against lefties. And, I mean, he's impressed a lot of people in that organization, and the same goes true for Malloy. You know, again, having Malloy come up in a, you know, during some sort of postseason run is not an ideal situation. But, you know, if you really need a guy who can has at least played third base, I don't necessarily recommend having Justin Henry Malloy in a high-pressure situation playing the hot corner for you, because I can assure you that is a scary proposition. Um, but if you need, if you need a bat, if you need, you know, a left fielder, if you need, you know, a guy, again, he's played third base before, you know, if you need a guy who can DH, these are all things that could feasibly happen with Malloy, not ideal, uh, given the situation, but at the same time, keeping these guys fresh, keeping them around for taxi squad purposes, all that other stuff. This is, this is the reason why these keep, they're keeping these guys fresh. Now, Malloy, after once he's finally done, once he's done, he's going to get sent off to the Arizona fall league. Um, I certainly would keep an eye on, you know, whether or not if he, if the Braves make a deep playoff run, uh, if he is yanked off a, uh, the AFL roster, that probably means he's following the team, uh, staying on that taxi squad just in case they need him. But overall, we're excited to kind of see him in the Arizona fall league, just getting him more play appearances. Cause he's really impressed me too. Uh, I, I think that you kind of identified the, the, it, the, and there's two types of guys who get in the deep counts all the time. There's the Braxton Davidson types that like, have power that the other opposing team has to respect but 
end up not being able to recognize pitches well enough that they end up striking out like a ton. And, and then there's types like Malloy who work deep counts a lot. And, you know, may, maybe the umpiring is not particularly great at times down there in the minor leagues. We've certainly seen that a little bit with Malloy. Uh, sometimes he gets these calls on the outside co- corner that I don't think are necessarily uh, the correct play uh, or the correct call, but he walks a ton. He drives the ball. He is just an impact player on a number of levels. And I'm with you. I don't think he like makes the, 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 the roster for the Braves, but you know, he's a guy that, that the Braves are going to keep in mind for a lot of things, whether it be for trades, whether it be for, you know, just kind of backup as a backup plan. I think he starts the year at AAA and, you know, who knows if he kind of really rounds himself into a hitter and really kind of rounds himself to a more complete player defensively, uh, particularly out there in outfield, then, you know, who knows? He might end up, you know, being in the conversation at some point next season. Uh, I think Dylan Todd's going to make the the assuming he's still with the organization and that he's not traded away for one reason or another. I think he's going to be on the Braves roster in one form or another next year sometime. I'm not, I, get, I can't say for certain what that'll be in the bullpen or if it was in the rotation. There's a lot of kind of moving parts to all those considerations. But I think that he has impressed enough people and the stuff's been good enough that he's going to end up getting a spot. Now, what that means for everyone else, I'm not really sure, but he just feels like a guy that either in the bullpen or as a, potentially as a starter, like he's going to find a place on the, the big league roster at some point next season. He's been very, very good. Uh, the rest of this, the rest of the Gwinnett Stripers roster is just kind of a bunch of quad A type guys. Ryland, Ryland Bannon's had his moments. He's been called up a couple times just to kind of fill roster spots for the Braves on the active roster as guys have been getting have gotten dinged up. And then you have um, Taylor Motter is another guy who, again, periodically, as we've mentioned on this podcast, looks kind of looks like Babe Ruth from time to time. Overall, is kind of just a guy who can just play all over the field. Uh, certainly an interesting guy as a utility option, uh, especially off the bench. Curious as to kind of what his future is with the organization. I'd like to kind of keep him around because guys can kind of hit like that, and you just like you you can stash him on your bench, and then you can put him in and just play him basically anywhere if something happens. Are pretty valuable players uh, overall, uh, and you know th- just a lot of guys like that. You know the Pat Valikas, Alex Dickerson had a a couple of good games here and there uh, last week. You know hit a home run last week and all that. These are just kind of this is the extended bench at this point for the Atlanta Braves right now. There's not, there's not a ton of active prospects right now, especially with Braden Shoemake um, going down with injury. You know, the, the prospects are on the pitching side uh, with Darius Vines, Freddie Tarnock, Jared Schuster, Bryce Elder, Kyle Muller, Dylan Dodd. Uh, there's a lot of guys who can pitch down there, but the position player side, uh, as is the case throughout the Braves system really is a bit sparse at the moment. So, if you're wondering why we're not high, doing a ton of offensive highlights, well, you now you know why. Well, Garrett, that's pretty much all the time we have. Is there anything else you got before we let folks go? Because again, we've actually you know, somehow we managed to go 25 minutes only talking about one team. I know. I, I it's a bittersweet time of the year. I think we're ready for rest and ready to kind of focus on the Braves playoff run. But it is, it's you know we're now looking forward to a few months of not having minor league baseball, which is all. Uh, it really affects our schedule. It's something you look forward to at the end of every day, coming home, watching games. And now, you know, we'll get a chance to focus on the Braves playoff run, but not getting to see these prospects for a while. It's, it's, it's bittersweet. Yeah, to be sure. And we love, we mean, we love talking minor league baseball. We do it every day. Uh, and, you know, just talking, you know, amongst ourselves, doing the recaps and things like that. So we're going to miss doing all that as the season winds down. 
But thanks again all so much to all of our listeners. Again, we're still going to have off-season content for you. It's just going to change format a bit. We're going to be doing more kind of deep dive type topic, topics and all that. If you want to make sure you don't miss a single episode of Road to Atlanta, make sure you subscribe to the Battery Power podcast feed. You subscribe to Battery Power on your preferred podcast platform, and you'll get this podcast. You'll get our flagship Battery Power program hosted by the great Brad Roland, occasionally co-hosted by myself and Scott Coleman. You'll also get the Daily Hammer hosted by Sean Coleman, which gives you the day-to-day uh, updates as to what's going on. Uh, with the big league club, on a, especially during the week. And then there are newly named the podcast to be named later, hosted by the great Brad, uh, not the great Brad Roland, uh, the great and our fearless leader, Chris Willis, as well as Stephen Tolbert, uh, kind of our deep dive to pro- topics prospe- po- podcast where they kind of dig into two or three topics, go really deep into them, kind of figure out some big narrative type things as to what's going on. Uh, and that's been a really great addition to the network uh, late in the season here. And hopefully we can kind of continue to add a lot of varied content for you guys going forward on the podcast feed. Thanks again so much to each and every one of you. I know it's a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but again, the season's winding down. And in just a few days, the season's going to be over. So thanks again to each and every one of our listeners and our readers. We appreciate all of you. And until next time, we'll see you on the road. <laughs>